Welcome to the Chasing Spirituality Podcast. I'm your host, Megan, and I'm so excited that you're joining me today. Each episode is full of heartfelt and expansive content that will really help you expand your consciousness and grow as a person. I created this podcast because I wanted to share my own personal experiences on my spiritual journey, but I also wanted to meet others and have them share what they've been through and how they've gotten to where they are today. If you haven't done so already, it would really mean a lot to me if you could rate and review the podcast. This really helps the podcast grow and reach more people, but it also allows me to get more guests on the show. Now on to today's topic. Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Chasing Spirituality. I am your host Megan, and if you're new here, welcome, we're excited to have you. I am the host and creator of this podcast. I'm a psychic medium, I'm a spiritual teacher, I do Reiki, and I channel. Um, this is kind of, podcast has kind of been about my journey, things that I've found interesting and topics that I enjoy, as well as my own personal healing and the tools that I use, like astrology and human design. And then I also interview guests and have them come on so they can share their work as well and what's helped them along their journey. So we're happy that you're here. And if you are a frequent listener or you've listened before, welcome back. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't done so already, I would love if you would leave me a five-star rating and review on the uh, platform that you listen to. I know that you can leave written reviews on Apple, but you can only leave starred reviews on Spotify right now. Um, I appreciate all of you that have already been leaving reviews. I read all of them, and maybe one day I'll do an episode and read some of those reviews because... um, I really do like I just it means so much to me that you guys enjoyed the show and that things that I've shared have helped you in some way. And so with this episode, I kind of want to build off of my last episode. If you haven't listened to that episode, no worries. You don't necessarily have to listen to it first or anything like that. But the last episode that I recorded was about my personal journey and as far as like what I'm going through right now, what I've been working on right now. And we talked about some of my lessons that I've been learning through uh, connecting to my body, to my body's intuition, as far as eating and taking care of myself. I have struggled with emotional eating and I still struggle with emotional eating. And I'd go into more depth in that uh, previous episode on kind of what that might have looked like for me in childhood a little bit. But that also um, transformed into not just uh, working with my physical body as far as emotional eating, but there were also some wounds that came up around connecting to my sacral chakra, connecting to my feminine energy, to that divine feminine energy, as well as my sensuality and sexuality. There are some wounds there that I've been working through currently that are stored in my sacral chakra from my my personal life, from past lives, as well as ancestor lives. So we talked a, a good bit about um, my first kind of encounter with the ancestors and what I experienced and the, the neat, uh, guided journey that they took me on. 
And so that was pretty neat, but I've had a few other journeys and I plan to share those as, um, as the podcast goes and as I have more and more experiences. But in this episode, I wanted to kind of go back a little bit and talk about how I feel I got directed on this path in the first place or really when I first started noticing it. I did mention in the last episode that I noticed it in December and I frequently work with different plant medicines. One of the plant medicines that I work with the most frequently or the most often, especially here this this past year, has been hape. This is also called rape, and it's spelled H-A-P-E or R-A-P-E. And I can do an entire episode on hape if you guys are interested in knowing more about it. Just let me know. But it's just a plant medicine that helps you um, clear. It helps clear your energy. It helps align your chakras. It helps you ground. It helps you open up. Um, it's very cleansing, very grounding. It's very opening. Um, it's not psychedelic or mind altering or anything like that. Um, but it is a very great tool that I typically like to use before meditation. And so I've been using this medicine for a few years now. But when I first uh, purchased this medicine, I bought two different types of hape. And the hape that I use, um, or that I get my, the company that I use to get my hape from, they have different blends because the hape is mixed with different herbs to create a different energy and to bring a different um, vibration into your practice. And so I purchased these two hapes and I was using one the most often. I just felt called to it, so I started using it more. And I noticed that now looking back on it, this particular hape was really helping me with the lessons that I feel I really integrated last year and this year, which is being more confident in my voice, being more confident face-to-face, being more confident speaking to people, really owning um, my voice and my authenticity and sharing my messages, sharing my feelings and my stories, expressing myself. It was a lot around my self-worth wounds, especially in my solar plexus that were linked to my personal power, my personal worth, and that sort of thing. And so I worked really hard the last couple years on that. And while I still have um, wounds, of course, that come up in that area, I noticed that there was definitely a shift in my energy where the wounds weren't as loud. They weren't necessarily surfacing as often or as frequent, and they they weren't that healed, a lot of them. And so randomly, I started feeling called to, to the other hape that I had purchased when I first purchased uh, this other hape. So the one that I started feeling called to, I'd only used a couple of times, and I just didn't really feel called to it at first, but then out of nowhere, I would say probably around December, I started feeling called to it again. This particular hape is called Feminine Force, so it is supposed to help you connect to your feminine energy, and I just assumed when I realized that that's what I was also being called called to as far as lessons that were coming up, and messages and signs that I was receiving from spirit, I just assumed like I was called to it um, naturally. And I still believe that. I feel like I was called to that hape for a reason. Now, when you work with hape, um, 
it's recommended that you have some kind of um, schedule, some kind of ceremony and ritual that you work with it very intentionally and regularly. So I started um, a practice with this feminine force hape where I would uh, sit with it and meditate with it every day. And I noticed that as I did that, there were different things connected to my feminine energy, to my body, to my body intuition, to that side, to that sacral chakra that I needed to work through. And that's how that journey kind of progressed, which led me to where what I talked about in the last episode. Um, there started being patterns that came up around my diet, around emotional eating and things like that. But there were also these patterns that came up in my, in my sacral chakra around my sexuality. And I talked a little bit about that in the last episode, but I want to go um, deeper into some other stuff that surfaced. So this isn't going to be extremely triggering, but there is going to be some talk of um, sexual abuse. And um, I'm not going to go into anything extremely um, extremely detailed or... Um, extremely disturbing, but it will be talked about because that's part of my journey. And that's something that's been recently coming up for me. So this is your one and only trigger warning. If um, that's not something that you have capacity to sit with right now, then I recommend that you um, turn off, listen to a different episode or listen to something else. So when I started realizing that there were blockages in my sacral chakra, and um, I had the ancestor experience. The next, I don't know if it's the exact, like the next time I meditated with it or if it was a few times later. But then I started having um, an experience during my meditation where memories started resurf resurfacing from my past. And I want to share one of those memories because I think that it can really paint a picture of of how that wound around my sexuality continued to um, replay out in my life and how it continued to become reinforced in my subconscious. There were other memories that surfaced, um, but the one that I feel like sharing today is one that I, I actually remember this. This wasn't like a new memory that resurfaced during the meditation. I've always remembered this. So I was... I think I was around 11, maybe 12, and I was hanging out at my grandmother's house, and my grandmother was the type of woman who would take in anyone. She loved everyone. She was the most kind-hearted person in the entire world, and at this time, she had um, a few people living with her. It was my best friend's dad. He was living there, and he was helping her around the house, and um, helping her with things, and because he lived there, my my best friend was there often, and I would go over there, and I would spend the night, and we would just have a, have a great time. This was really often for me in childhood. I was at my grandmother's house a lot, whether it was with this friend or whether it was with a cousin or another friend. My grandmother's house was just the place to be, so I was comfortable here. I grew up here. Well, this particular night, they were drinking and having friends over and partying, which was nothing new. I mean, my my family is a family of alcoholics, and they loved to party. And so weekend parties were pretty regular in my, um, in my growing up. So me and my friend are just doing our own thing, and we're having a good time. They're having a good time. 
nothing new, right? Well, I recently was, you know, I had gone through puberty, and so I was starting to to fill out. I was starting to really turn into the feminine body. My my breasts had grown, and I was in middle school. You know, I was really becoming a woman, and I didn't think anything of it. This had been going on for a couple of years because I hit puberty very early. I actually, that is another wound that kind of surfaced is I was one of the only girls in my class that had her period and that had to start wearing bras and things like that at the young age that I was. And so that was also, um, I, I wasn't happy about it. I, I didn't like that. I was one of the only girls in my class that had boobs. Like it, it made me very uncomfortable and, um, I wasn't necessarily uncomfortable in this situation because I was at my grandmother's house. I was around, you know, my friends, around people that I'd been around my entire life. So some of the people at the party were family friends that I've known and loved. There was, my aunt was there. Um, my uncle was there. One of their best friends was there. And then there was another friend there who we're going to call him Derek. Because I want to be able to say his name and start stop saying she and he and aunt and uncle. So we're going to call this person Derek. Derek was friends with my uncle, with my grandmother, with everyone. Everyone loved Derek. He was such a great person. Like, I loved him. If you think about the one person that kids gravitate towards, that kids just, like, love to cut up with and joke with, he was that. Like, he was he was my person. I loved being around him. And... So me and my cousin, um, me and my friend are just hanging out. We're doing our own thing. And Derek comes up to me and he is very, very, very drunk, which again is not anything that I'm not used to. Everyone in my family was always pretty heavily intoxicated at parties. But this particular time, from what I was told, he was um, grieving the anniversary death of someone that was very close to him. And he had drinking even more than normal. And in this situation, he approached me and my friend and he made a comment about my breasts. He made a comment about me sexually. And it made me extremely uncomfortable. And more importantly, it made me very scared. And that was really hard for me because I loved this person very much. But when he approached me that way, I, I was immediately frightened and I didn't know what to do because this was someone that I cared about, someone that I loved. And so at that point, there were all of these emotions and all of these thoughts running through me. Like, what do I do? What do I say? How do I protect myself, but also protect him because I loved him. I didn't want him to get in trouble. I knew that what he said to me was inappropriate, but I didn't want him to get in trouble because I loved him as well. I also have wounds around being confrontational. I didn't want to start an argument. I didn't want to start a fight. So what I decided at that time would be the best thing to do is go and hide in my uncle's car. So me and my friend, we go and hide in the back seat of my uncle's car. And we're just hanging out back there. We're like, well, if he can't find us, he can't say anything to us. If he can't find us, then we're safe. We don't have to tell anybody. We can just lock ourselves up in this car. And when this memory resurfaced for me, you know, like I said, I've, I remember this. I remember doing all of this. I remember it like it was yesterday. 
but my memories didn't paint the emotional picture that I was actually going through until this came back to me in meditation. So emotionally, I was scared, but then I was also torn because I didn't really believe that this person could hurt me. I didn't want to believe that this person would hurt me, but at the same time they did. And so I decided to remove myself and make myself unseen in order to protect myself. And this created a wound of hiding, a wound of hiding my sexuality, of hiding my body, because it's, because it's scary, because it's not safe for me to show my body because of this situation and others. And then in this meditation, I also realized that I felt guilty. I felt responsible. That it was somehow my fault, my body's fault, for being attractive that caused Derek to act that way. That caused him to come on to me, to um, speak to me in an inappropriate manner. It was my fault. And I felt guilty. And so, as I sat with this memory more, I realized that that wound continued. And I continued to associate my sexuality and my body with guilt. Why would I want someone to find me attractive? Why would I want someone to look at me in a sexual manner when it can only cause me fear or guilt? And so I had to sit with that and um, release that and talk to my teenage self and say, you know, it's not your fault that someone else who should have not made you feel uncomfortable, who should have not have scared you, who should have never done anything like that in the first place. It's not your fault. It was never your fault. And I had to really let go of that guilt. And that is something that I don't feel I have fully released. But it is something that I'm currently working on. And I, since I've had this experience, I can feel that there's been tr- uh, tremendous healing And tremendous shifts in my energy for sure. But then I can look at that experience and I can see how other situations played out in my life where I would cover myself or I would not want to express myself in a flirty or sexual manner because of the fear of who's going to respond to that. And I noticed that when I am like out in public and I'm by myself or I'm in a situation where I can't fully um, relax, that it's almost like I put this repelling shield around myself to keep people from looking at me. And it's because I'm scared. I'm scared of what that means, of, of what will happen. And then the guilt there of... Why would I want to cause 
any kind of confrontation. Why would I want to cause a situation like that? And that's why it's also played out in other ways as well with um, people that have um, found me attractive that shouldn't have as far as people that were taken, people that were in relationships, people that were that were married and things like that, you know, that has also played out. And I've lost several friends where their partner has um, admitted that they were attracted to me or they were like, or they liked me or something. And then even though I did not reciprocate those feelings and I tried to talk to that friend about it and let that friend know that like, I'm not interested. Um, I, you know, most of the time I, I mean, not most, maybe not most of the time, but a lot of those times I was in a relationship as well. And so it's like, I, I'm in a relationship. I'm not interested in that person. You know, I still want to be friends with you. I understand that that's, you know, that's triggering. And I'm probably, I'm, I know I didn't have those words <laughs> during this time because this was years and years and years ago, but you know, I, either way, I tried to save the friendship and work through that and it still would always backfire where I would lose that friend. And so then that wound started to become even more enforced because now I have other reasons to feel guilty. Now I have other reasons to be afraid because being sexually attractive, I lose people. Being sexually attractive makes me scared of what's going to happen next. Who am I going to lose? Who's going to scare me? Because I lost Derek in that moment as well. When Derek did that to me, even though he was my favorite person out of all of the friends that were friends with my parents and my grandmother, and he was one of my favorite. And after that, it was never the same. I could never trust him again. I could never look at him the same. And so I lost him. And when I lost that, it almost felt like I lost a piece of my childhood as well, because nothing was the same after that. My, my childhood friends and the, the dynamic, it, it wasn't the same after that. And so that created that wound that um, I'm working on right now. And just to finish the story, I'll let you know how the story <laughs> ended. Um, so my aunt ended up finding me and my cousin in the car. She came out and she found us and she asked what we were doing and why we were hiding in the car. And we didn't want to tell her at first because, again, there's that, that, there's that fear, that fear of what's going to happen. Who's going to get hurt? Who's going to leave? What kind of trouble or problem is this going to cause? And so we didn't want to tell her at first, but we, she tried to get us to get out of the car. And, you know, we didn't want to get out of the car because we were scared. And so we just told her. And at first, she didn't believe us. At first, she looked at us and she she said, why, why would you make something like that up? Why would you lie about something like that? And so I just looked straight at her and I said, exactly. Why would I say something like that? Why would I lie? And it's like when I said it to her like that, she was taken aback and she was like, no, you're, you're right. And she apologized. And she said, I just, I couldn't picture him doing something like that, but I believe you. And so she told us that it would be okay. 
and everything was going to be fine and that she would make sure that we were safe and protected. And so we, she made us go back in and she told my uncle and she told my friend's dad, who was the one staying there. And it got confrontational. They fought. Derek got his butt whooped and they drove him home. But I was safe. Nothing happened to me. But I'll never forget that. And there's certain parts of our childhood or growing up. We just have certain memories that we'll never forget. And I feel like that's for a reason. You may not always know why you remember certain things or why certain things stand out, but almost always they're connected to some kind of big emotion that you experienced or some kind of, um, some kind of wound, some kind of trauma, some kind of blockage, some kind of extreme emotion. It might even be a good emotion, but usually the things that stand out to us are for a reason. And so I was very, very grateful that my guides brought that memory up in that meditation so that I was able to evaluate my past thinking patterns, the way that I was programmed. I was programmed to try to protect everyone around me by making myself smaller. By making myself smaller, I was not allowing myself to express myself sexually. And yeah, maybe at that age, that wasn't that big of a deal, but sexuality is a part of the human experience. We all have sexuality and we all somehow have blockages around it, whether it's through shame or guilt. I have shame blockages there too. So many of us have wounds around our sexuality. A lot of them are religious wounds. I have that as well. You know, there's this um, brainwashing that has happened around being able to express our sexuality and it be safe and it be okay. And so I'm glad that um, I had this experience. It, it really helped me see myself differently and see that experience differently. And I will continue to share more experiences that I've had connected to this sacral wound that I've been working through. But that is the one that I wanted to share with you today. So um, if you're feeling any kind of resistance or shame or guilt or fear around your sexuality in your sacral chakra, just know that you are not alone. Most people that I know have blockages. And most people I know have blockages in their sacral and in their solar plexus. These are very common for us. So I hope that, um, that you can power through like I am doing. All we can do is, is take it one step at a time and heal as we go. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone you love. 
and it would mean so much to me if you could rate, review, and subscribe so that the podcast can reach and assist more people. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love.